Oh my gosh, I was exactly on. You were? Wow. Yes. Oh, here we go. This is All About Wine, a talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. I have yeah. questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine BTR. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine BTR. And now, all about all wine about is on. That's right. Here's Wow. Yeah. All right. Hey. Okay. There he I'm is. So, I'm so happy you had to talk with that whistler. I really am. Oh I yeah. Mean, oh yeah. Get him off. Yeah. Get him straightened out. Yeah. I think we just told him he, not to come he, back. Uh, yeah. Well, he enjoyed the show, but he just he was just a little, yeah. little obnoxious there at the beginning. <laughs> Over the top. Yes, but yes, you can enjoy this. Top. Don't go over the top. Don't uh, go over the top. Chat See if uh, Blog Talk Radio. Every time I try to load the chat tab, nothing happens. Just a spinning really? circle. So, yeah, and it's doing it again. Chat has not worked for a long time now. Uh, Let me hit chat. Yeah, at the top. Logging in, checking. I'm ready. What? I'm I'm on I'm on the chat. Put wow. me right in there. Well, that's not cool. I mean, I guess it is, but I can't. Uh, oh, let me try it again. I'll refresh. Uh, I just, I just, say, just to see if you had anything pop up on yours. Nope. Huh. Just a spinning yeah. circle like it's loading something and nothing happens. Wow. Yeah. So, well, anyway, there's other. Hmm. You can uh, chat with us on uh, Facebook. Facebook. You can chat with us on YouTube. Um, and looks like we do have listeners on Facebook. Thank you very much. I'm waiting for the other ones to report back. But, uh, yeah, if you want to chat, just uh, add a comment to the uh, where you're watching the show, and it will be on there. And, uh, yeah, uh, there you go. All right. We know. have an announcement <laughs> tonight. Ooh. Yes. Mike has started himself oh. a new platform, new podcast, new show called Flightline. He has been DJing for different uh, well, airline-based radio shows, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. 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 And he's decided to strike out on his own and start his own so yeah. he is well. Wait a minute! I wasn't ready for this. I was uh, oh. here. He decided to start his own, and there we go. What in the world? All right. Uh, Always. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's called Flightline. He does. Uh, he, he's live Friday nights, seven to nine. And you can get to what a flightline dot com, flightline dot org. What do you, what do you? Uh, flightline flightlineradio.com. radio dot com. Radio Okay. Yeah. Uh, flightlineradio dot com, and uh, he's live Friday nights from seven to nine. And yeah. if anybody's out there who has, well, actually news. Uh, that you want to do a program mm-hmm. weekly, or if you are a, a DJ and want to be on a couple of hours uh, a week on time, uh, he is yeah. more than happy to talk with you. And yeah, get a hold of me. Love to have you on it. Otherwise, it's going to be automatically mixed music from a playlist that keeps changing. So that keeps just- changing. Yeah. New live shows, live shows, talk shows, uh, yeah, whatever, or music shows. Well, all, all licensed. You don't have to do anything. 
Yeah, you. Uh, but you can just you can go on and, and just be a DJ and, and talk a little bit about yeah. uh, w- whatever you want to talk about. I mean, keep it you know non political and <laughs> clean. But yeah, and, unlike <laughs> some of the people we've had call here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, so, that's but uh, he's. Uh, You'd be happy to to entertain your uh, possibilities of you being on the show. And uh, now, you know, I just think we had our cigar guys there. If you know, maybe uh, one of them might want to uh, do a segment for you on cigars weekly or something like that. I mean, oh yeah, uh, that might be a possibility yeah. there too. So. But yep. uh, tell your friends, tell pass the word out that uh, Mike has a new show out, and he's uh, be excited if you listen to it. FlightlineRadio dot com, and if you would like to be part of his new venture, then uh, go to FlightlineRadio dot com and, and contact him, and I'm sure he will be more than happy to talk to you about it. So yep. there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. We're yeah. excited about <laughs> seeing you branch out like that. That's that's great. So, uh, okay. Uh, Thank you. No guest tonight. We have a guest coming up in a couple of weeks, but uh, none tonight. And uh, so we will be just passing on stuff like we always do. And if you do want to be a guest or you have someone that you think might be good for a guest, then get in touch with us and we'll be happy to talk with them and get them scheduled. They can contact me at allaboutwine101 at gmail.com and I'll give you the information and all that stuff and we can get you on the show. I've been... Okay, off that subject, this is Black History Month, as I'm sure you most of you know, because it's been on the radio and TV and stuff like that. Uh, February is every year. For Black History Month, I decided that I would try to find some people that, uh, some uh, black-owned wineries that I can have as a guest. And they're not responding to me. Either they're really busy or they don't want to respond or I don't know. But for some reason, I am not getting a response to my emails for them to be guests on the show. And so uh, I I found uh, about, uh, I don't know, 10 or 11 wineries that were listed as being black-owned. They're in short supply, obviously, just like women own wineries. Those are in short supply. But if you are listening or you know someone in your area that is uh, owned by uh, a uh, black family or individuals or anything, let me know. And I will contact them and see if we can't get them on the show. It doesn't have to be in February. Obviously, it won't be in February because this is the last Thursday show in February this year. Uh, Next month, we go into the new year, our new year, new month. So uh, let me know. I'll be happy to uh, contact them and talk with them. So information here. I saw something that was interesting. Excuse me. There is some new certifications that are being tweaked and coming out. I think will it affect wine? I don't know. It may. It may affect wine simply because everybody's always asking for new information on wine labels and new stuff and everybody's so concerned about organic and all this stuff. So it might be part of, well, maybe it might affect wine, maybe it won't, but uh, let me uh, 
let me go over uh, a couple of these here. Um, some samplings of uh, there are dozens of certification programs out there. I we have talked to people who have had certification in all sorts of areas and all sorts of stuff that we've never heard of. And they're all very proud of their certification and how uh, they comply and stuff like that. And it's great and it's wonderful, but, but uh, you know, and, and I do, I'm, don't get me wrong, I think it is fantastic that everybody's getting these certifications, but people aren't aware of it. I think it needs to be well, somehow, some way, let more people know the certifications that are available in wine and or anything else. If you're in another field that has certifications, it doesn't hurt to let people know what you're doing and all that. But in wine, we've found all sorts of certifications that are really tough to get, and the wineries have complied with it and, and kept it up and are doing quite well and that goes everywhere from you know not doing anything to biodynamic and and beyond i mean biodynamic we used to think was the last step but then we've had some of these others and i i can't think off the top of my head what they're called uh, but there's a lot of them out there that people should be aware of people should understand what these wineries are doing and what it requires to do what they're doing. The heart check mark on a label means that the food meets strict nutritional criteria based on American Heart Association science recommendations and on FDA, USDA regulatory requirements for making coronary heart disease claims. You probably won't see that on wine although wine has had lots of different things that said that they are heart healthy, uh, red wine particularly. I <laughs> I think it probably should, but every time there's something that comes out that says how heart healthy wine is, another study says, oh, no, it's not. You can't do that. It's not that healthy. That's a bad for you. So it bounces back and forth, but the American Heart Association gives certification. So I think wineries, if anybody's from a winery is listening or if this gets to them, check into it. It might be something that could be interesting to see a heart with a check in the middle of it for uh, on a bottle of red wine. Whole grain stamp. This I don't think is going to apply to wine so much, simply because, well, it's not really grain. It's grapes, and so it doesn't really fall in the category. So we won't see that on there. The certified gluten-free. Again, you won't see this on wine. Uh, people have asked me, is this gluten-free? Uh, when I was at the winery, well, yeah. I mean, what... Gluten is a protein found in, in wheat, rye, barley, um, uh, other grains. I you know I don't have a list of grains, but it's just it's a protein found in, in uh, grains basically, and it does affect people. Uh, the gluten is, is essential for people with uh, disease. But gluten-free foods don't have to be labeled as such. But foods that use the claim must meet the FDA's regulatory definition of fewer than 20 parts per million of gluten, which is pretty small. This is the, you're looking at sulfites, about that amount too. So, again, you won't see the gluten free on wine labels because they're not used or made with grains. So that pretty much takes care of that possibility of seeing a gluten-free sign. Um, there's a lot of third-party groups that offer gluten-free food certifications. So, um, you know, if you see it on your foods and stuff, it could be from any number of different ones that certify that. Uh, for example, the gluten-free certification organizations certified gluten-free 
contains less than 10 parts per million uh, or fewer of gluten. So if you're looking for a gluten-free food, then there's lots of different ones out there, and they don't tell you parts per million of gluten that it, it contains. So be careful with that. The one that might affect wine that I know someone talked about is the non-GMO project verified. Uh, GMO is uh, genetically modified ingredients or gen genetically modified uh, uh, orga uh, organisms. This is maybe affected by wine grapes. Why? I, it, I think it opens up a lot of possibilities there simply because grapes are, are some are genetically modified. Some of them are being made like some of the ones out of Cornell, out of the University of Michigan, out of the University of Minnesota. They are trying to come up with grapes that are cold resistant and stuff like that. A lot of these new grapes, I don't know if they're genetically modifying them or if they're crossbreeding them for characteristics that are cold and I are that are uh, resistant to, to cold and freeze. I almost think that they would be. Well, they w it would be easier to genetically modify them as opposed to trying to crossbreed for traits that could take years, whereas uh, genetic modifications are pretty quick. CRISPR is another thing that I don't know if CRISPR is classified as genetically modified or not. Uh, Mike, that's something you can look up for me, if you will. If CRISPR is a genetically modified, now CRISPR is when they go into the genetic makeup and splice out something, uh, not splicing in anything, but just splice out. I don't know if that would be classified as genetically modified or not, and that may affect grapes also. So I don't know, but. Uh, GMO, uh, genetically modified. Uh, you can look for a non-GMO project verified seal on uh, foods. Disqualifies uh, food must meet standards from the non-GMO project's product verification program, which uh, actually dictates that a product contain no more than 0.9% GMO and undergo continued monitoring and surveillance. So quite strict on that. Many products carry both the non-GMO project verification seal and a USDA organic seal, which indicates 95% or more organic content, depending on which USDA seal is displayed on it. So uh, it Interesting. Uh, I don't think this stuff is going to affect wine, but the stricter they get on some of the stuff, and the organic and uh, all these other things, as they get changed the, uh, the laws and change the certifications and stuff, it might affect wine. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting to see. I've uh, gluten. That's not going to affect it. But the non-GMO, the GMO in wines, uh, might be an interesting project there. You know, I might get a hold of Cornell. I I have a contact up in Cornell that I <clears throat> excuse me that I've talked to, and uh, I might get a hold of him and see if he can. Uh, uh, give me an insight to the uh, uh, well, how they do the uh, modifications and stuff. So uh, hmm, let me leave myself a note on that. So give me a second here. I've got to write myself a note because if I don't write myself a note, 
uh, I will forget. There looks like uh, it looks like GMOs and CRISPR are separate. They're not. Oh, uh, yeah, they're not the same. Um, I don't know what you call it, technologies or aspects of uh, agriculture and and what happens there. But uh, there's um, there's some concern actually over uh, GMO agriculture. They're saying that uh, there's an increased usage of harm, harmful herbicides and pesticides that can accompany the use of GMOs. And um, it says when weeds and pests develop a gradual resistance to GMOs, there's uh, there is some some concern there. Uh, CRISPR, it looks like it's it tackles um, what they're saying is food insecurity uh, because people are concerned about GMOs being dangerous all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> what is it? I think this was an old. Uh, this was an old. Uh, yeah, this is an old article. This is from 2021. I guess uh, people were coming out of the pandemic and go, "Oh, let me write about something," um, but. Um, so they, so they wrote about um, uh, it's a genetic editing uh, called CRISPR, and it was founded by UC Berkeley's Jennifer uh, Dutna or Doutna. Uh, sorry, I might have damaged that uh, name, but uh, uh, it's it's more biological, and um, it tries to uh, work on the bacteria or or the immune systems. Um, through science, I guess, is there's just all kinds of a uh, bunch of technical terms here. It's like, you know, I try to read something like this. I'm, I might as well just keep a dictionary and look up every single word. They go, oh, yeah, I know this. And, uh, they can just come out and say, you know, CRISPR is this plain English and GMO is this plain English. <laughs> yeah, go, oh, they okay. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, but CRISPR does have applications in agriculture, obviously, and it also uh, contributes to the prevention of genetic disorders. And um, it can be used or, or be used to find better ways in, of improving treatment for certain diseases. And uh, so CRISPR, it sounds like it's more, I, I don't know, like like the the fine biological you know, at the cell level or something, uh, DNA type of thing, um, based on what I've quickly kind of read through here. But uh, uh, it says this technology, CRISPR, has many advantages over GMOs scientifically and economically, and uh, it makes it possible to genetically engineer faster than we ever thought was possible. I never thought, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I never thought possible or not myself. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Good GMO is cutting out a section, a string from the DNA and inserting another section that mm -hmm. is beneficial to the plant. Like you cut out the part of the DNA that is susceptible to Roundup and you put in another section that is not susceptible to Roundup so you can spray the plants with round or spray the ground with Roundup and it'll kill the weeds but not the plants and mm. CRISPR I think is basically the same thing you're, you're snipping out sections of the DNA that's why I thought it was the same but I guess you're not splicing in something new I don't know this is yeah, it's it's getting quite a bit of uh, that. There's one that kind of contradicts what this article, this other article, and it was from uh, Berkeley. Um, oh, what is it? Berkeley uh, Edu. You so, Berkeley? Um, yeah. Berkeley? yeah. So very, you know, yeah. They uh, uh, this other one says, um, oh, where's it? I just read that it was uh, could be considered GMO. Um, Oh God! Just yeah, well, <laughs> give me a, give me, hour, give me an hour and a half, and I'll find this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I do the same thing. Um, but I think, but CRISPR is supposed to be better than GMO. I mean, I, I've hmm. read that the CRISPR is a better approach, a better technology than GMO. But you're hmm. still playing with that DNA, uh, and. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. When, uh, I, CRISPR first came out. We we reported on CRISPR what three years ago when it first yeah. started coming out, mm. and uh, yeah. they were praising the arrival of CRISPR. The articles we read and we talked about on the show, and but the more I see about it, the more I hear about it, not a lot different than uh, just genetically modified. Mm-hmm. You know on the same level i don't know you know if someone knows out there you know email me or or contact us on chat or something during the show we'll we'll discuss that because in fact grapes i mean this is the thing the article i first read was talking about crispr in grapes and how it could help grapes and uh make for better cold resistant and make for better flavors and stuff. That's GMO. I don't know. So, but again, anybody out there knows anything and we will be more than happy to listen to you because it's confusing. Both of the sciences, if you call them sciences, both of the sciences seem to be a lot the same and yet they are well, one article says it's great and it's different. Another one says they're the same thing. So who are we going to believe? The resulting plant. They said yeah. one of the things said that the, the modified uh, genes, like whole genes that uh, CRISPR can can handle, the resulting plant as a result of that could be considered a GMO. So like, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll just, so get, it, we'll just get somebody with the... Uh, who studies this? <laughs> yeah, really. And, you know, if anybody else knows anything, you know, we don't. Who was that, who was that from? Uh, who was it that uh, from the university? The uh, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. Um, we had somebody from the university that was talking long time ago. Gary was it? Gary Brown? Was he? No, uh, no, no um, not Gary. Thank uh, you. I can't remember his name either. Anyway. He, he gets quoted a lot in different different articles. And stuff yeah. Too. Um, I, I remember we had. I thought we had somebody. Somebody. Oh, we had somebody name. on from uh, from yeah. Cornell that talked to us. Okay. Yeah, Cornell and, Edu. Or oh, God. Yeah, somebody from Cornell talked to us. With, what was his name? Oh, geez. And he went to a small university. He was at a big university and went to a small one. Oh, what is his name? I can't think of it right now, really. Uh, but have to find it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe I can send an email to him. Maybe he knows something about it, the two, and he can talk to us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's, yeah. it's confusing. It, it is confusing. Yeah. And so, uh, so, okay, let me... Uh, Going to some other other news here. There has been a merger of uh, three wineries. Uh, the uh, they're now calling themselves the Omega uh, Alpha. Well, the Alpha Omega Collective, Alpha Omega Winery in Napa Valley, Toulouse, uh T O L O S A Toulouse Winery in San Luis Obispo Coast and Paranet Winery in Spain's uh, Parat announced their official merger uh, actually two days ago. And they are now strengthening the three brands to formally create the Alpha Omega Collective. And it says the union coincides with the Alpha Omega Collective expanding and upgrading its downtown Napa tasting room. Uh, debuting a Paso Ropos location and soon to be open Hillsburg location and launching Alpha Omega Collective Cares to reinforce the sustainability pledge. And there's another type of um, certification, sustainability. So, uh, a new venture, Alpha Omega, California, uh, in Spain. And uh, so if you are traveling there and see Alpha Omega, it is a collective 
of three wineries that just joined together. Uh, the Alpha Omega Collective. This is the AOC cares, emphasizes the message that everyone ha having value to nonprofits. It says Michelle, the foundation's president, we're proud to offer this new company benefit to encourage our employees to donate their time, experience, and skills to helping their communities. So there you go. That just 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 started something new for them. And let's see what else we got here that is uh, news that is not. A blog which I caught my eye and read, it says, are lighter bottles in sight? This is something that we've hit on. Uh, box wine is becoming more and more popular because of the weight of shipping. It's so expensive to ship wine because of the weight. Uh, a bottle uh, or a case of wine to ship runs about 38 pounds. I know that because I used to ship them a lot, and it was always 38 pounds. And any weight that you can save with those, then that's always great because it's not going to cost you as much. Well, the United Kingdom is now looking at uh, doing lighter bottles and actually making it available all over the United Kingdom for not just wine, but everything else. Uh, recycling of bottles is not one of the biggest ones around. In fact, here in Pasco County in Florida, where I live, they don't take bottles anymore. They, there's too much glass. They don't have a market for glass, which is really sad because there's so many things in bottles. But uh, the SAQ, what's SAQ? I can't. The article is talking about SAQ. Uh, SAQ Group. Oh, there it is. It's, it's SAQ Group has chosen a 420 gram bottle that is 15 ounces as the target weight for an empty wine bottle. And it's the heaviest wine bottles that are being used. Uh, from Amaron, which is, uh, Amaron, I believe, is, uh, well, I don't want to say because I'm probably wrong, but the heaviest bottle they ever encountered. Now, they're looking at 420 grams or 15 ounces. They're looking at a bottle that the heaviest that they've encountered was 2,850 grams or 6.25 pounds for one bottle. That's a lot. That's a lot of weight. Uh, and uh, the trade organization British Glass says that its members have already successfully produced 250 million wine bottles that weigh less than 350 grams. Wow. That's, uh, what, about 13 ounces? Less than 13 ounces a bottle, which is fantastic because the cost of shipping is uh, frightening, absolutely frightening. Um, many most U.S. wine producers ship in bottles from China, and uh, U.S.-made bottles uh, last year cost 38 cents each. This year, they're running a dollar ten. Oh my gosh! Uh, and it is. I, I've talked about the cost of bottles and how how it's gotten out of hand. Uh, anything less than uh, 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 what does it say here? I lost my place. It seemed like I do it too. Okay. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I was scrolling while I was looking at that, and I, I missed it. Uh, but the the price of bottles is outrageous. So if they can knock down the weight of the bottle, then it will help in not just shipping to you, but shipping to the winery. I mean, this is... They go by weight. I used to get pallets of glass bottles, and, and the shipping cost got 
to be almost as much as the cost of the bottles themselves because of the weight. So lighter bottles has to be a good thing. It's something that we really, you know, should all be happy for because it has to be able to lower the cost of what uh, what the wine is. You'd be surprised at how much cost those bottles add to your bottle of wine. Okay, let's look at the next one here. Um, let's see. Uh, 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 Napa Valley's historic Alfred Fredini Vineyard sells for $18.5 million. We talk about property in Napa being outrageously priced. I mean, it's just it's uh, unbelievable. 27 acres uh, sold February 1st of this year for $18.5 million. Uh, actually, 27.65 acres. Uh, that's that's about $881,000 per acre. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. Um, sold to Sill Vineyard. Uh, that uh, they do luxury tier Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, sells 100% Cabernet Sauvignon wines retail for hundreds of dollars a bottle. Uh, the latest release, 1,150 bottles from a 2019 vintage, is listed for sale at roughly $650 a bottle. Well, 18.5 million is right in their wheelhouse, it looks like. Uh, so, Eighteen point five million. It's that's why six hundred fifty dollars bottle. That's the only way they can make ends meet. It looks like, but oh my gosh, I just you know. Okay, let's see what else we got. Uh, changing climate is impacting Oregon wine industry. Now we know that it's just the changing climate is impacting everyone. Um, okay, planting a million trees in Napa. Okay, let's look at something else. Let's see if there's anything else that's worth sharing with you. Uh, oh, this is a headline article here. Uh, Hawks Bay's. Uh, Hawks Bay's Hills uh, usually parts. I, Hawks Bay. Where is that? Where are we looking at here? Uh, I can't. I hate it when articles do this. They go three-fourths of the way through before they actually tell you where they're talking about. Uh, but a cyclone is destroyed New Zealand? Okay, here we go. New Zealand. Uh, I thought it was down there in Australia. It's in Hawks Bay's Hills, usually parched in gold. And uh, the green, lush green, seemingly random pools of water dot the vineyard. And it's been a wet growing season. But Hurricane, <clears throat> excuse me, Hurricane went through, or Cyclone, Tropical Cyclone went through and flooded. Uh, the Hawks Bay Vineyards in area there, which is uh, a good growing area in, in New Zealand. So, tragedy, 13 hectares have been underwater, which uh, are being washed out to sea uh, because of the hurricanes. So, uh, Bad news for them. Bad news. Uh, let's see what else. You know. 
this is paradox in U.S. wine industry. It said that the the number of drinkers is falling in the United States. It's they're not as many, but the volume of wine being sold is jumping up, which basically is saying that people are buying more of the wine, but we're not getting more drinkers out there. This unsurprisingly, in millennials who are 25 to 39 in Gen X, 40 to 54, are driving the rise on on-trade consumption. And the boomers, 55 and over, typically drink less out of home and are more vulnerable consumers to return to busy venues post-pandemic. So they are not going out, but they're ordering. 31% of monthly drinkers are now under age 40, compared to 28% in 2021. So the Gen X is starting to pick up the amount of wine that they're drinking. And by quite a bit, uh, we're losing drinkers, but the Gen X seems to be buying more uh, up trading alongside a trend of drinking less. Wine, uh, wine drinkers do choose to enjoy wine. They tend to opt for more premium wines. And this is a definitely marked difference from 2022 to to, uh, are from 2019 to 2022, uh, the volume consumption, low price, value, and standard segments wines all decline, whereas premium, super premium, and ultra premium and prestige wines all increase. And they expect these trends to continue over the next five years. So the number of drinkers of wine are actually getting smaller, but the amount of wine being sold and the dollar value uh, volume is increasing because of the price range that people are picking up on and Gen X and Gen Z. These are the ones that are starting to pick up the slack of uh, the drinkers from the boomers who are not drinking as much now. Uh, they do at home, but it's they're not going out and doing the number of uh, the amount of drinking that they used to. Uh, it's uncertain whether the current bounce back in the wine drinking population is temporary post is a temporary post COVID blip after which long trends could reassert themselves and we can get back to the uh, amount of drinking that we were doing that, uh, as a country. And it says also consumers are less aware of familiar names, like whether regions like Napa or varieties like Cabernet Sauvignon or even specific brand names are more inclined to explore. Uh, and I've said this before, people are they go to their wines that they're used to, and that's it. They aren't exploring like they used to. Drinkers under 40 in the U.S. are significantly more open to alternative formats, hence the cans and pouches and boxes. And inflation and cost of living increase. The on-premise will need to provide experience-led drinking occasions. Uh, wine bars and stuff like that. And the interest in no or low alcohol uh, wines, which is really a pretty big segment now, surprisingly so, uh, has prompted some low alcohol brands to highlight ABV rather than hide it. Uh, Kim Crawford, uh, we see those advertisements on TV, uh, uses lower alcohol by volume or ABV as a differentiating factor in its branding, 
and there are vodka markets that are lowering their alcohol as <clears throat> excuse me as well as uh beer so the low no alcohol market is becoming bigger and bigger uh, across the whole gamut of alcohol, of uh alcohol type drinks so uh the, the paradox, the paradox of the industry falling in volumes, and yet we're getting uh, more high-end drinkers and stuff like that. Interesting, just an interesting thing. I don't know where you all fall in that category, but I thought that was quite interesting, the way that is shaping up now. Okay, let's see what we got here. <laughs> All right, I just talked about outrageous prices. Let's look at this here. This is um, oh, well, you can not let me. I'm already a, a member of the San Francisco Chronicle. Come on, I already subscribe. Don't be doing this to me. Uh, Okay, here we go. Already a subscriber sign in. I don't know my password. I don't use it on this. I don't know where to find it because I never have to sign in. Ah. All right, well, I guess that's not going to be something. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about it. An English lord and lady are selling their Napa Valley vineyard for $35 million. And that includes a house and all that other stuff. So I can't read you anymore here. This does not let me get into it. And I am a subscriber to the, uh, you know, well, it's not 99 cents all the time. It's not letting me go any further than this. So. I will have to back out of this and go somewhere else then. That makes me mad. Um, so, uh, $35 million. Uh, let's see if there's something else or that. Arizona Wine Festival is coming up. Let's see when the date of that is. Uh, Thirty plus wineries are going to be at this year's Arizona Wine Festival. Uh, oh, we missed it. Uh, Eleven to five on February the eighteenth. It was last Saturday. Oh well. Uh, Thirty wineries. Uh, some of seventeen. Uh, they're all from Arizona. Uh, all from Arizona too. So oh my gosh. Uh, Let's see, and these are not all of the ones from Arizona, so quite a few down there. But, oh well, we missed it. So much for that. That's what I get for not telling you this stuff. When we have guests, I don't get a chance to tell you this. Uh, here's something that I can talk about for a few minutes, and, and since it is Black History Month, South Africa's black wine scene. Are you going to not let me get into this either? Uh, oh, this is the New York Times. It's not going to let me get into it. I don't. I'm not a member of the New York Times, and I don't want to be a member of the New York Times. Subscribe for a dollar a week. I don't want the New York Times. Uh, well, so much for that. Ah, they're doing more and more of that on these. Articles won't let you go into it. Uh, the number of wineries and sustainability initiatives are increasing in Mexico, which is good. Uh, it's happening more and more. Uh, Self-driving electric tractors are starting to be used a lot in the north coast vineyards, north coast of California vineyards. Uh, Again, they are very 
environmentally conscious in a lot of those vineyards there. Uh, so, uh, let's see, what else we got here, French? French vineyards want payout to pour wine down the drain as trade dries up. Uh, they're getting rid of, look at Bordeaux winemakers from, do I have to subscribe to this? No, I guess not. Uh, Bordeaux winemakers are demanding government compensation to destroy vines and turn unsold stock and their sellers into industrial alcohol. A move they say is needed to save their livelihoods. The vineyard owners say sales and prices have collapsed because of overproduction and altered drinking habits. And that's what we just talked about, altered drinking habits. It's affecting France, too. Wine drinking in France has bleached have dropped by two-thirds in the last 60 years, with red wine particularly affected. A survey in November found the consumption of red wine has plunged 32% in 10 years, mainly in the 18 to 35 age group. Ah, that's different than what I just read about the United States. The poll found that the main causes were people eating less red meat, fewer families dining together, and an increase in households with single parents who do not drink alone. Uh, France is also one of the fastest growing markets for alcohol-free drinks. That is just strange to me. That you know that France, France of all places, is the leading market. Um, about a third of the department's four thousand vineyards were in difficulty, and local families were suffering. Said uh, wine producers in the Durand. Uh, Whether I make good or bad wine, I can't sell it. People are drinking other things. They prefer beer or fizzy drinks to wine. We've been living below the break-even point for more than 10 years now, says uh, Kozenese, who uh, is the spokesperson for the district, uh, said on wine television. Wow. Uh, The article goes on to say that uh, the minister has promised 160 million euro uh, package or a dollar package that would involve destroying stocks of unsold wine. Last carried out during the COVID crisis in 2020, but seen as a short-term solution. Paris is also waiting on the EU to confirm 40 million euro of aid for the wine sector. I didn't realize France was in that dire straits. That surprises me. Um, it looks like, well, Bordeaux anyway, or Burgundy, I, no, I'm sorry, Burgundy is uh, in dire straits. Well, it says Bordeaux. This, what is it? I guess it's all of France. No, Burgundy is flourishing, it says. Uh, it's the Bordeaux region that is suffering. Uh, but I guess it has to be affecting all of France. Well, that is strange. Uh, Chile is having wildfires also. It's not just California that gets our Australia. Uh, Chile has had their share of wildfires, and because of that, it is going to affect the vintages out of Chile and the wine you're seeing on your shelf. Uh, going to make wine anyway, but it will have smoke taint, they said. There's so many regions that are being affected by the wildfires. Uh, it says winemaking in Chile directly accounts for roughly 100,000 jobs, which means that a smaller harvest could be profound and that it will be a smaller harvest because of it. Of a winemaker in the Itata Valley has lost 90% of his vines to the wildfires, and other wineries have lost uh, well over 50%. And so it's 
not a good thing coming out of Chile. If uh, you're a uh, Chile wine fan, then be cautious because you may have some smoke taint on your wine this next uh, from this year. They are in south and southern hemisphere, so their vintage is being made now. So it's uh, they're like six months ahead of us. Quickly, this is an article that says the best wineries in the United States: Garage Winery in Calistoga, uh, Wolfer Estates in Sagaponic, New York. Crotou, Crotou Vineyards in South Hode, New York. Uh, This is a lot of rosé wines. If you're a rosé lover, then you will love it there. Uh, This is uh, it is the in the North Fork of the Long Island too. Well, Benedus. Vineyards in Pittstown, New Jersey. These are some interesting uh, selections here. Benedouce was voted one of the 25 top vineyards in the United States by Travel and Leisure. Hmm. Alta Colino in Paso Robles, California. Folktale winery in Carmel, California. Round Barn Estate in Baroda, Michigan. Uh, and it was voted by USA Today as one of the 10 best wineries and vineyards for live music. Round Barn. Oino in Kalalua. Hawaii. I talked to them. I uh, tried to get them to send me a pineapple wine. They never did. Uh, uh, Aragoni Winery and Cider Company in Portland, Connecticut. Fireside Winery in Marengo, Iowa. I've been there. Fireside. they use a lot of different grapes uh, there than uh, the standard ones. There's a cold, cold hardy and stuff like that there. Uh, they know when they're better ones. Luna Rosa Winery in Deming, New Mexico. Well, I like this list that it does not stay just in California or New York. It jumps around. So that's cool. Uh, and oh, here's another list I'll tell you, and then we're going to be done for this evening. This list is 11 boxed wines you should always buy. Don't turn your nose up at those boxes. Franzia Sauvignon Blanc, Franzia Chillable Red. My wife enjoys that one. She when she goes through wine and instead of opening up good bottles all the time, she'll get a box of Franzia Chillable Red and says that she really enjoys it. I'm not a fan of it, but hey. House Wine Rosé in a box. House Wine Dark Cabernet Sauvignon. I've never had that either. Box Cabernet Sauvignon. I've had that. That's not too bad. It's a lighter style Cabernet, but it is really not bad at all. Uh, good wine for the price. And it has like a zillion gold medals, uh, more than 50 gold medals for the for the wine. I don't know from what contest, but they have more than 50. Also, Bodovac Chardonnay. Uh, I've had that too. Black Box Merlot. Uh, that is not a bad Merlot. Uh, it's medium-bodied, uh, you pick up the vanilla and the aroma, which is really interesting. I, I thought here this wine is in a box, and yet they did some oak aging on it. So that was surprising to me. Uh, Rodeo, uh, Radio Boca Tempranillo. I've never heard of Radio Boca box wine. Hmm. 
uh, oh, it's produced by Hamilton Cellars in Spain and uses 100% tempranil. Uh, it's rated 92 by the Toronto Star. I wonder if we get it here. I've never seen that. Might be a Canadian wine. And uh, Folinari Pinot Grigio. And they are an Italian box wine. Folinari Pinot Grigio. Uh, and Vina Borgia Grenache. And that is out of where Spain. There's another Spanish wine. And the last one, pure red organic red wine. Pure red being the company, pure red organic red wine. And this is made by Badger Mountain Vineyard in Washington's Columbia Valley. 100% USD organic grapes, 71% Cabernet Sauvignon, 13%. Syrah's 5% each of Malbec and Merlot and 3% each of Pinot Noir and Cabernet Franc. Wow, quite a mixture there of wines. So i uh, give you 11 wines in a box that you should try if you see them, if you find them. And there we go for the night. February is done and the show is done. So yeah. don't don't forget. Oh, we don't have a, next week is going to be, uh, I guess it is. It'll be a new month, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it will be on February the 30th, uh, which will be next Thursday. <laughs> next Thursday, February the 30th. There you go. Yeah. I knew that was coming up soon here. I just, <laughs> you know, wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Don't doing? forget, okay. Lightline Radio, Mike's new Ooh. venture, you know. Check him out. He's going to be he's going to be on live on the air tomorrow evening on flightlineradio.com uh, playing yeah. request. Are you you set up to take requests? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, if you go to the website, uh, there's a request button up there right now. That's uh, that's about where where it's at. Or uh, I'll have Discord and you know I'll be monitoring Facebook and stuff. There's a we have a Facebook page, so I have a Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for it. So, um, There'll be ways to communicate, but uh, the website will be a lot easier, and it pops up on the side, and I can go, oh, okay, here's a request. So I was actually on uh, last Saturday. I was actually on last Saturday morning at my regular time, 7 to 9 a.m., and uh, that was the first time I was testing it out, and I decided, all right, I'm going to go on for two hours. And um, But I was like, you know, I can get up whenever I want to now on Saturdays. and (laughs) That's right. To a later show, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, since you're doing your own, you can set your hours. Yeah, yeah. but so anybody out there, contact Mike. He'll be yeah. happy to entertain <laughs> other other DJs yeah. or yeah. any information. Again, keep it clean, keep it non-political. I guess I I say that I don't think you want. Yeah, I prefer yeah. the non-political stuff. Yeah, always causes issues. Um, issues. Yeah. Well, yeah, so uh, as far as All About Wine, we will be back uh, March the 2nd uh, in seven days, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on our main feed, which is Blog Talk Radio. Uh, We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Mixcloud. God, there's way too many places. How is is this all going out of this one little pipeline? Um, (laughs) Have a great weekend. (laughs) Be be safe, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next next Thursday on All About Wine. Thank you for tuning in. See you all next Thursday. Be safe. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. There we go. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine wine. with your host, Ron. (laughs) For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinepr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Yeah, you know, that's something I don't understand is uh, on the video feed, I'm still looking at, it says it's uh, 8.01 on the because t- uh, I have the clock in the upper right-hand side. Oh, my God. It's four minutes. It says 8.01. So, yeah. 
Yeah, about uh, th- three and a half. Uh, yeah. Um, so I don't. So if, if I stop streaming now, uh, at least on on the, the video part, the whole end is going to be off of there. So I don't know what to do with because now it's just blank. Um, yeah, I guess so because it's That's strange <laughs> because because now it's going to be no because it'll. It'll cut off. I don't see how that works. If I cut off now, because I'm still streaming the video, but it hasn't caught up yet. That's the like, wow, isn't that oh. something? If you cut it off, will it uh, stop it right now or will it play to the end? No, it'll stop it right now. Oh, That's, oh. that's what I, I experienced last time. It's like it cut it off and I thought, oh, we're like, you know, mid-paragraph and all of a sudden it's just, up, oh, we're off. So. Wow. I don't know what to do here. Uh, I could mute this. We could go to the green room. Yeah, I'll just mute the... Well, if I end the stream, they're not going to hear that part because I'm just going to cut it off. Okay, let me. we'll go to the green room. Okay, bye, Blog okay. Talk Radio. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 